Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julie Love. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We have a wonderful guest. His name is Harrison Barron, and he is from Belmont, North Carolina. And he's going to talk about his adversity, tools that he used to overcome, and a gift that came from it. Before I introduce my guest, I want to introduce my book, which is called A Gift from Adversity. This book came out in 2020. The subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. After I have experienced all of these adversities, I decided to write a book. I suffered so much from all these adversities, but I've learned so much from it also. It is available on Amazon, and it became Amazon new release in 2020 in three different categories. So tonight, I want to introduce my guest, but also I wanted to create this platform because there's not so much platform that people can talk about adversity without the stigma. And especially after the pandemic, we really suffered from a lot of mental health issues, which still is a little bit stigma. So that's why I created this platform. And today is our episode 31. So let's invite our guest. Harrison, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Jerry. Absolutely. So can you tell our audience who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Harrison Barron. Uh, originally born and raised on Long Island, recently moved down to uh, a little town called Belmont, North Carolina. And I have a digital marketing agency called Growth Generators. Uh, we specialize in websites uh, to SEO and helping people uh, really get their brand out there to just show, you know, build sales, show off who they are. And a lot of our, you know, clients have built uh, and created some incredible stuff. So we just help them, uh, you know, help their ideal customers find them. So Harrison, what is your social media handle or website that people can visit? Sure. So I have a couple. Uh, I'm pretty much found on everything at Harrison underscore Baron. And then either my personal website, HarrisonBaron.com. I post quite a bit of blogs on there. Uh, and then you could also visit our agency, which is growth-generators.com. So growth. Thank you very much for introducing that. Anytime. So let's actually dive into our main topic, which is the adversity. So can you tell our audience what was your adversity? Yeah. So I would say my adversity, believe it or not, it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, being groomed to just be a person who is going to work a nine to five for the rest of their life. Um, I was, you know, from, from a young age, it was always study, go to school. Uh, I, I, you know, went through high school. I, I definitely had my fair share of getting bullied. Um, and throughout my entire life, it was just, you know, kind of fit in with the system of, uh, suck it up, tough it up. This is what you are, you know, supposed to do. And your job is to go do that, whatever that thing is for a lot of people. It's, you know, go to school, um, hope that you get through it, you know, fight your own battles and come out on the other side and start producing, uh, something for somebody else. So how did that adversity affect you? 
Yeah, it almost feels like you're trapped in... Uh, it feels like you're giving up control of your life because you're su- you're constantly supposed to be doing other things. Uh, and I use air quotes for the people that are listening because a lot of people have a, a real issue with self-confidence. And myself included, it took me a very long time to have any confidence in myself uh, with... You know, being a larger kid in school to, you know, being picked on to um, not having the confidence that I have today. It was a a pretty interesting kind of mind shift after going to school, dealing with the things that probably most people deal with, um, going to college and just figuring out, you know, it's go to college. What are you going to do? What's going to produce income? What, you know. What can you do for the next 30 or 40 or 50 years of your life that is going to set up and take care of your family? And you don't, you give up all of your control. You give up all of, you know, you give up all of your confidences. You give up all of your decision making in that process. And I felt trapped in not being able to take over my life. I didn't, you know, I was worried about that. If I had kids, I wouldn't be able to see them grow up. I, you know, how much money do I need to make? How do I make this work? Um, what if I, you know, I, I, I had some, you know, I had a good job, but it was kind of crazy. I felt guilty taking days off because it's not what you're taught to do. Um, and I didn't even have the confidence to go take those days off or to, you know, and, and say, Hey, I, I need a mental health day. I need a day to just recuperate. You know, I've been working crazy hours. So Harrison, let's, well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And let's go back to ruling part of it. What happened? And it, do you remember how old you were, what grade you were and then what kind of bullying did you experience? Yeah, just, you know, constantly getting picked on um, for size, constantly getting picked on for uh, decisions. I was, you know, it's tonight is, uh, I think, the final four for basketball. I never got into sports, um, at le- especially watching it. I was always as far, like, I was an outsider. Uh, I, I found an attraction of video games at a young age, and, you know, I would, I would definitely consider myself as... Uh, you know, air quotes, one of the losers in school, uh, for, for most of my childhood. So when you were going through that, what was your feeling? Do you remember? Yeah, you, you know, I felt trapped. I got, uh, I actually got jumped in middle school from two kids. I was walking home and, and they tried to beat me up and this is one time that it was actually a good thing to be a larger kid. I was able to fend them off, but um, it's crazy, you know, and, and you're talking about middle school, 14 years old, and people are coming up to you and trying to beat you up on the street. And these were kids, you know, they just ganged up on me. They were my age. And, you know, if it wasn't happening in the classroom, it was happening outside of the classroom. Uh, and with the internet and all of that, it, it, it was, almost hard to escape. You wanted to be cool. You wanted to be on AOL or something else. And you, you know, if it wasn't coming from in school or, or walking home, it was coming from online of, you know, nobody likes you or 
you don't have anybody to talk to because you weren't involved in a click and uh it sucks you know you don't have anybody to talk to so what did your parents do to that or school um did you have right advocacy i never even told them they probably have no idea uh you know just thought that i had to suck it up and this is what life is you feel trapped and you know you almost think too is this normal does this happen to somebody else or does it not and what other avenues can you exhaust to go through there uh can you tell somebody else i mean you could right but then you tell somebody else at the expense of potentially getting bullied more right so if i did say something to a teacher would that have more negative consequences than than just letting it be or trying to deal with it yourself um same thing with going to your parents too it's you know it's you know your parents are looking out for you but at the same time it's do you, you worry about like i'm in i'm stuck with these people for eight hours a day like what am i supposed to do right there's going to be times when cameras aren't watching or teachers aren't watching or they see outside or whatever it is and you have to be ready to react to them you're on your toes constantly Yes, it is very heartbreaking, and so many people, unfortunately, um, went through bullying, including myself, uh, when I was growing up in Japan, and even workplaces that the bullying happened. And you know, I think I feel like the difference between being, I was talking to my friend, big difference between being obnoxious and knowing the bullying is intentional. Yep. It's targeted. It's targeted. Yeah, and it's strategic. Mm -hmm. And I think once, I don't know why, but once they pick somebody, they get OCD. They just can't just, you know, go to somebody else until they really destroy them. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. You know, it, it was, it happened for years. Um, and you know, it, it was, it, especially in middle school, it was bad. And then in high school, it was, uh, I remember there was a key point that, that kind of shifted everything. I, I had started, you know, lifting weights and getting stronger. Um, not so much to defend myself. I was, I was in the wrestling team also, but just to prepare for the season and just staying in, you know, and staying in better shape or at least keeping the muscle, uh, the muscle mass. And one kid threw like a rubber band ball at me. And I don't think he realized how strong I was. And I pushed him through like three or four desks back in the day. And I think that that was kind of like the point when people realized that I don't, I'm not as weak as they think they are both physically and mentally. And did it continue after you graduated from high school and went to college? Um, it definitely did. Um, there was definitely messages out there that, you know, that came through. Thankfully, after high school, um, I ended up working in the restaurant industry. And I firmly believe that the restaurant industry is a great spot for anybody that's looking to break out of your shell. Um, it kind of grinds you down and rebuild, you know, builds you back up. It's, it's a lot of work. It's grueling hours. You have, you know, you're dealing with customers that are angry or upset and they're going to say bad things. Um, and it's a lot of stress, but 
it's it's so strange because like the the team that you have the kitchen the other staff they want you to succeed they want you to do better because if you do better the whole place does better that means more customers they're going to come back everybody's making more money right there it, it it ends up being better and i think that the restaurant industry actually helped a lot with helping me work really hard know what hard work is like and then on top of that coming back with you know hey we're all here you know as a, there's actually a thing called family meal and you know the the cooks will cook uh you know depending on the day like once or twice throughout the day and everybody eats the same food and a lot of times it's during the slowest part of the the day so you have six or seven or eight people hey what's you know and it's it's so nice you sit there and you can actually talk to people about um because because in the restaurant industry the only way that you you do better or you out you know you maybe outpace somebody else is you just make more money there's there's no like you know you could get a you you could get a promotion but most people don't want them they they enjoy doing you know as a waiter or a bartender and you get to talk to so many people just like this podcast right and you get to share your story and they get to share your story with you know you and it, each one of these interactions is a, like a small building block to re you know in in my case it kind of built me up to who i am with dealing with you know happy people dealing with upset people you deal with people that just had you know lost a loved one that went through a breakup but you deal with people that just got married last week or just got engaged earlier that day right there's there's so many you see so many people you see so many emotions and you learned that what you went through is may or may not be normal, but after high school, so many people would prefer to see you succeed than see you fail. And all those kids that bullied me back in the day, you know, I don't talk to them. They don't talk to me. Um, if I saw them out in public at this point, I'm not worried about it. I'm bigger, stronger, faster than all of them. And a lot of them, sadly, are actually doing way worse in life. Um, so, you know, whatever it is, I, I like to say, you know, I, I hate, I, I do hate the term of like kind of pick yourself up by the bootstraps, but a lot of cases you do have to do that. And now I get to look back and say, you know what? I'm glad I didn't retaliate. I'm glad I didn't go out of my way to make these kids' lives miserable. I'm glad that I just kind of toughed it out and it made me a better person. And now I get to look back and say, look at how much further ahead than I am. You know, I am than you guys. I have a house. I have a, a beautiful girlfriend. I have chickens now. I have dogs. Uh, it's it's very. Uh, I have a great career. Um, and then I look at them and I hear stories about these people, and I'm like, oh my god, like you guys haven't changed since high school. You guys are working dead end jobs. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. And it's crazy if you just sit down and focus on succeeding and moving yourself forward it comes well thank you so much for sharing that harrison and did you suffer any other adversity when you are an adult i mean if i did there's nothing that stands out i think once i started the restaurant business there's a lot that you 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 just get used to dealing with and more often than not, I'd probably say that all of my experiences are what I would probably consider normal. They just happened. They don't, it's like this weird mental shift that 
I can, you know, I could say like, hey, there's there's definitely things that have happened, but none of them stick out and say like, oh my god, this was the craziest thing ever. Like breaking out of my shell and becoming a better person was the biggest thing. And now, you know, you you I deal with you know, either not having enough money or not, you know, being the right person or not having the right personality or people just being people that have their own reasons to do things. So you just, you learn and you learn to take a lot of things, not personally, um, for, for, I was able to, because I was bullied, I was able to like, not worry so much about what other people think or what they're doing. And I look back and I say like, so many other people are interested in harming other people. And if they just sat there and tried to help themselves, they'd be so much further along. And now I just try to help as many people as possible. So let's actually um, shift our question to tools. You kind of mentioned a little bit of mental shift in the last stop, but what I really like about this podcast and interview is that everybody who have come to my show, the 30 guests and you, the 31, different tools that I've never heard of that really is interesting because for some reason we are survivors and we don't give up. And in the process, people stereotype um, like kind of bias that, okay, you just need a therapist. You just need to see a psychologist. You just need a medicine or something. But so far, all my guests has completely different tools. My favorite was Kelly Edwards, who came to the show and then said she had five miscarriages and then she was very frustrated and she went to the rage room in New Jersey, which you can pay and break everything. So I found similar thing in Massachusetts and like 30 minutes away from where I live. And then I, it's called Just Smash It. So sure. I paid $55, me and my son broke everything like with the baseball bat and it was like really interesting experience. And I think the tools that I love about interviewing people is not, you know, when people have not been through the trauma or adversity, they can easily say, oh, it'll be okay, or you know, just go to your therapist and then it'll be gone. But it's not like that at all. It's a puzzle. And then, you know, unless otherwise you do a lot of therapy or a lot of different things, you just can't figure out for a long time. And this is exactly the reason why I wanted to create the show, not only sharing adversity, but we are not the losers. We just face something that was hard. And how do we come out of it? And then what's the tool that worked for the individual? So what was your tools that you can share with our audience that worked for you to come out from adversity to the other side? Yeah. Um, so so the first thing was just doing, it was, uh, believe it or not, working out. Um, I never really worked out, you know, in, in middle school and in high school, I started working out and, um, I might not be the most fit person, but I, I definitely make sure that I, I still have muscle mass and I'm still working out and constantly doing hard stuff. Um, so I would say the first thing is like 
going out and getting exercise, tremendous. You know, it's great for mental clarity. It's great for building your self-confidence. Um, don't get too carried away with it, but um, th- that would be number one. Number two, uh, I would say is uh, I found meditating to be very useful. Um, I've been meditating for years now. Um, it helped tremendously from, I, di- I didn't even know what I was doing it, but it was just, you know, I'd sit in my car with, the car off and I'd close my eyes and relax for five or 10 minutes. And over time I got better at it. And then I started using like, uh, like headspace headspace was great. Paid for that for years. Um, and that helped tremendously, uh, to keep my mind clear and to keep me focused and to, to help remove a lot of those self doubt and negative thoughts and, and kind of traumas that I had to deal with. And then the last thing is just doing hard stuff. Um, whatever that might be, I know it's going to vary person to person. I try to always pick the path of most resistance. Um, if it's doing something, you know, difficult, if it's, you know, starting a business or it's, um, the list kind of goes on forever, but go find something difficult to do. Uh, I'm cutting up three trees in my backyard. I could have paid somebody to do it. But doing it myself, it's a good workout. It's not easy to do. It's it's super gratifying when I go out there and I do work. Um, but go do hard stuff. Uh, I, I did jujitsu for a little while. Um, the restaurant industry is a grind. It is the hardest, probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. Uh, it's been the most demanding and, and, and the most rewarding. But just go do hard stuff. I think hard stuff in whatever avenue it is, is going to make you a better person. Um, Because most people don't realize that whatever it is, you know, people think of climbing Mount Everest is hard. There's people that do it every day. You can do it. Um, You just have to go do it and and start. A lot of people, you know, they have this mental barrier that, oh my God, this is going to be so difficult. And most of the time it's not all that hard. Um, and then the last thing is podcasting. Um, I've had a show, I did 130 episodes. I will do, I will do more once, uh, the pandemic settles down and I meet more people down here, but I started listening to podcasts years and years and years and years ago. And it's just shows like this, right? There's people out there dealing with adversity. There's people dealing with traumas. There's people dealing with, um, every possible scenario out there. And you have to have the wherewithal to know that you need to go either find help or find people that are struggling like you're struggling or overcoming the same issues. But podcasting is so important. I think being able to share your message, being able to listen to other people's messages. um, You know, it took me years to start my show, but I was consuming multiple episodes, you know, multiple shows per day you know, in the car, going to school, um, doing stuff around my, you know, at at that time at my parents' house, you know, it was just, it was, they were always playing. I was just soaking up knowledge and you learn so much about people's past and what they're struggling with or what they've struggled with. And, and more so not what people have struggled with, but what they've overcome and what they've done to be better. Um, because everybody's going to struggle with, Similar things, you know, in, in rare cases, there's a, something that nobody's ever heard of. But for the most part, everybody struggled with similar stuff. 
It's what have they done afterwards? What have they done just like this? What have they done to overcome it? What tools have they used? Um, and those things make you a better person overcome those challenges. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Now, I like the workout part, uh, which I really didn't do much. But last August, I studied karate class. So now I'm moved out to Orange Belt. Congratulations. And, oh, thank you. And then my son is already black belt at age 11. My daughter is five. So we always, we are taking classes together. And you know what happened was, I feel that since I'm a victim of child sex abuse and have struggled with the PTSD and mental health issues and depressions and all that stuff, that just like you said, physical exercise and stepping out of your comfort zone and then gaining this confidence through the exercise, I had no idea how much of impact that made to me. And I just really encourage people to do something um, physically, especially when you are in like, you know, sad situation, depressed, even like 10 minutes run or just jumping jacks, you know, just yep. right there can shift the brain chemical and get out of this um, stage. And I feel like really great. And I did 5K in September. I finished. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And then uh, I did Spartan race for the first time at the family wow. 5K 22 obstacles. I could not do two obstacles. One was like straight up 16 feet rope. I could not do. And then the monkey bar trust. I just couldn't jump up. I was Trust. too short. But I did. If you can't do it, you do 15 puppies or something. So I did um, top 25%. I came in and I finished in like 15 minutes. So I was very proud. My kids did it too, for a mile. And, you know, those things, it's called tangible, measurable outcome. Mm -hmm. And like what you says, do something challenging, do something hard, give yourself a confidence. And those tasks and then something that is really outside of your comfort zone that you don't know if you can do it, it's a challenge. But at the same time, especially for people who went through adversity like yourself or myself, um, I, I feel those are really great for your self-confidence and sense of ownership. Yeah, I, I had a really big after high school one of the biggest challenges that I, I and now that i'm kind of thinking about was i was terrified of rejection um because of what had happened through high school just constantly being you know either rejected or you know by anybody it could be from school it could be not smart enough it could be um women it could have been friends it, it was just you know it was that massive fear of being rejected and actually because of a podcast um i heard a great crazy challenge that this person did and i did it and it was every time you go spend money ask the person for a 10 percent discount and everything from starbucks to waiters and waitresses to you know, a, a smoothie place, whatever, whatever it was, it was just ask for a 10% discount. 
And two crazy outcomes came out of it. One, you'd be shocked at how many people just give out 10% discounts. It is hysterical how many people, you know, companies will just say, okay, yeah, you asked for it, I'll give it to you, um, which is super cool. Uh, but the second thing is, more often than not, you're going to get rejected. But it gets you used to being rejected over and over. And it sounds so simple, but it's an awkward situation that you have to go through when you ask. You say, can I have a 10% discount? And they're going to say, why? I'm just like, just because I'd love a 10% discount. And they're either going to say yes, or they're going to say no. And they're going to say, I've never been asked that before. Let me find out, right? Most people will say no. You're going to get rejected a lot, right? I, I would probably say 90% rejection rate. But every once in a while, you get a 10%. And the cool part is, is when you do that, you can tell them why. Oh, I heard, I, you know, I used to tell people, oh, I heard it on a podcast. And I'm actually preparing myself to be rejected more to overcome, you know, a fear of just being rejected. And, you know, 10 out of 10 times the people that ask, they're like, that is the coolest thing ever. I'm going to go try that. Right. And it's helped me. It's helped so many people I know. And I would have never learned about it because of a podcast. So somebody listening to this, if you have a serious fear of rejection because of what's happened in the past, just, you know, it's, it's just ask a 10% discount until you're comfortable completely with rejection. It took me like years to get used to it but for years i was asking you know as long as i remembered i was asking for a discount hey can i have a 10 percent discount can i have a 10 percent discount wherever i went um some people would say i'd love to give it to you it's against company policy right but you know most of the time no i'm not giving you a 10 percent discount for no reason but every once in a while you get one and when you get one you feel like a champion you're like oh my god this is so cool because it, it's 10 percent, right it, you're not you're not getting rich by by saving the 10%, but it's, you know, it's just a great feeling when it happens, Ooh, excuse me, and you get it, but um, it just gets you used to know over and over and over and over again until it just beats, you know, it almost beats you down. It's a mental exercise of, of this is going to be an awkward situation. This, this very well could be, nobody likes awkward situations. This could be an awkward situation. And uh, it's, it's very funny to see some, what happens. It is very intriguing. Do you think I should try? I would say try it. I tell everybody, I'm like, it's a very unique personal experience because it's only for you. And sometimes you're going to do it when you're around friends. And then it's even more awkward when you're rejected. So you, it's, it's actually, in my opinion, it's much harder to do it when you're with a group of people because you know that you're going to get rejected. And that's the whole point, right? You're, the goal is to consistently get rejected so you feel better. But you know your whole group of friends is watching you. Like, look at this person doing this moronic task to try to get 10% off, right? And the money doesn't matter. It's, it's almost always, it's not like you're buying a house, let me get 10% off. It's like, let me buy a $6 smoothie and you're getting, you know, a couple couple cents off. But when you get rejected with your friends there, it you feel pressured. You're like, oh, that like it hurt because they're not, you know, they didn't go get a table yet. They're probably with you. So they have to feel that experience too. And you have to be ready for it. It's gonna come, you know, they might say something like, Oh my god, I don't why do you do this? Right. But you're getting used to the constant mental abuse and it makes you tougher, in my opinion. So what are the places that you had a success, do you remember? 
Oh, I used to, it was always, um, so without a, without a doubt, uh, you're going to get rejected from every corporate place. It's like super rare that it happens. Otherwise mom and pop shops are very good places to ask for a 10% discount. You will probably get it. Um, if you're getting flowers, you're getting plants. If you're getting, um, you know, local, you know, a sandwich, you know, you might be able to, you'll probably get away with it. Sometimes they'll just say, sure. We appreciate you coming in. We'll give you a 10% discount. Uh, but if it's corporate, they're going to say no. You go to Walmart, you ask for a 10% discount, I guarantee you they're going to say no. Unless that person just feels extra nice that day, you're getting rejected. Um, but I used to have success in like the strangest, you know, even in places that weren't like food related. I just use food because everybody goes out to eat. But you'd be so shocked at like the interesting, like you're going to go buy from, um, a local store it could be a trinket or it could be like a uh like a yoga class i did it for a yoga instructor i said can i have a 10 percent discount for the month and she was like okay right i'm spending 60 bucks it was you know it comes out to be you know a six dollar discount but it was just the weirdest places that you would never think would ever give you a discount and then they they would um and then other places you, you, and then sometimes you would go to somewhere and you'd say, oh, I know that I'm going to get rejected. Like I'm already prepared for somebody to tell me no. And then they're like, oh, I'd love to. That sounds great. And you feel like you just conquered the world. I feel like I should make a show. I'm a, I'm a TV and film producer. Let's get your mental health strength by asking. <laughs> this now. Let's go. So uh, number one, we ejected some to uh ejected yeah it it just it just it takes it it has to happen over and over and over again and that is the easiest way to do it i've heard about it i tell people all the time especially if you're going into like you want to further your career i think it's a no-brainer because you're gonna get told no in interviews and other areas and if you're one of those people that gets really upset over losing out on an interview or losing out on uh, a promotion or anything of that nature, like in your professional career, or if you're in sales, people say no all day long. Um, there's, a, there's ways to overcome that and there's ways to provide, do it better. But if every single time you don't get the job, you are really, really upset, try the exercise, just start asking. You, you will be amazed at how much further along in life you go because you're just ready for a jerk. It actually, it it almost makes you more confident. I would actually say it makes you more confident because you understand how to deal with rejection and it's not this really scary thing. It's just, okay, they didn't like me, right? If you don't get that job, okay, I'm not a good fit for them, right? They didn't know I'm not a good fit for them. But you also have to think too that maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you, right? Maybe I'm, you know, they, they've deemed that I'm not a good fit, but maybe I didn't do my homework to say that maybe I'm I'm not the best fit for them, right? So... It just mentally prepares you for, for I don't want to say torture, but it, it just, for that, for the letdown that is inevitable to happen. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to share two things with you and an audience after this conversation that sparked me. Now, one, I model and act and I constantly do self-tape and audition. Mm. I was in Don't Look Up um, as a Japanese reporter, so was my son. But to land the speaking role is very hard. And 
I've done so many auditions, like thousands of thousands. Sure. And when you land one, then that becomes Netflix number one most watched in the world. That feels <laughs> like it. But most of the time, you should submit the audition tape and you never hear back. That means you didn't get it. Yep. But my acting coach, uh, James Demont, shout out to him. He always tells the students, it's not rejection, it's selection. Yep. And sometimes you get discouraged, but I don't even think about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now I just submit it and then, you know, wait for the result. And you just do the, your best. That's exactly it. And and that's kind of the cool thing that this little like rejection technique teaches you, right? It's just they're select, you know, most of the time they're selecting a different process. They're selecting a different person to give a discount to. They're selecting a different person to hire, right? They're selecting that you or your product or service is not a good fit for them. But it just prepares you for that. Like so many people ride their whole life. I just use careers because people really define themselves uh by their careers and it's really upsetting when people don't get a job um they they you know depending on the person they get really distraught over not getting the promotion or and I, I'm, I'm just mentally picking out a couple people that i know immediately but either not getting the position or they're not getting hired and they think that they should be hired um or they just think that they are better they're good enough for that role and by getting rejected all the time, it just prepares you for the inevitable, right? And and to bring it back to adversity, I was rejected constantly back in the day for sports, for, like I said, women, grades, teachers, friend groups. It sucks. And then I started doing this ridiculous exercise and, you know, I, 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 I got to a point in life where it was like, what do I have to lose, right? There's nothing nobody's you know you're not going to ask for a 10 percent discount ninjas are going to come out and they're going to come attack you right like it's just <laughs> there's it, but people you think like that and uh you think the worst is going to happen right the meteor is going to strike the earth right to, to to bring the movie back into play like you think that oh my god because i said no there's gonna you know a meteor is going to hit the earth like no you're gonna just go about your day and that person's probably never going to remember you or they're going to mention it to that family dinner tonight that this random person came in and asked for a 10% discount. And that's going to be the entirety of that transaction between you and somebody else. So. So another thing I wanted to share with you in our audience is that average of the, the law of average and the law mm -hmm. of average. When I was in Japan, I was homeless. And after I was homeless, I started work at the resort hotel. I came to Tokyo and I started to live on my own at 18. And when I was doing commission job, because there was US-based company working in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was kind of cool to be able to use English, but it was just really hustling, grinding, like just multi, like MLM um, sales job, which sucked. And then basically what boss, showed us was a deck of cars and you flip it and think about joker as a yes but joker is only one out of all this deck now when you flip one card that might be the first card that you get joker and the first yes but the rest of it's no 
it might be in the middle and you get no, 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 no. It might be the last card that's Joker, which is a yes, right? So yep. you averages out. So low of average is if you want to get yes, you have to get no's. And then if you get no's, that doesn't mean that you are never going to get yes. You just have to keep trying and flipping the card, flipping the card, and then you just never know when the yes comes. Yeah. Um, this makes me think of um, the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken story. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, so the founder of KFC, Colonel Sanders, uh, made the recipe for Kentucky Fried Chicken, and he got rejected by, a th I think it was a, th a thousand restaurants, just over a thousand restaurants, uh, before one of them said, yeah, we'll use your Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe. And then that's how KFC was started. Um, Walt Disney needed a loan for to build Disney World, um, and I think he got rejected by three hundred and something banks. Um, so I, I believe it. it. You know, there's you just got to get you know these people that you know that's why they are who they are, right? These monster. You know, I I know that neither one of them are around anymore, but these stories happen every day you just have to be the one that's willing to take a million notes and that's this that's the whole point of this little exercise you just get used to rejection constantly yes absolutely i really appreciate you sharing me that now because you said about kfc i just need to really share a quick funny story so in japan on the christmas we eat kentucky fried chicken and sushi and cake so i was working it was the busiest day of the year the 24th and 25th of December, everybody ate KFC. And then Colonel Sanders that you mentioned that he got mm -hmm. a lot of We have this doll that's like his height. It's sure. very heavy. So every time I go to work, I had to put him outside. And then every time store closed, I had to um, take him out inside. Sure. So that was my memory. Okay. <laughs> and they'll <laughs> last with you forever. No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Harrison, for sharing that very interesting tool. Now, let's actually move on to our last question, which is a gift that came from university. So how what would you say the gift that came from the university? Yeah, so uh, I would say the gift, believe it or not, is my business. Um, I was, uh, my business and my podcast, um, I remember vividly, um, and and these are the and and the reason why they're gifts is because uh, I I absolutely love podcasting. Um, I think it's one of the most fun things that I can do. I love human interaction. I love speaking to people and learning about people's people's stories. Um, I remember doing this exercise and recording the first episode and hitting publish on it. And the fear actually came out probably the strongest I think it's ever been of as far as getting rejected. Just hitting publish. Nobody even knew about it, but just hitting publish, I was shaking. Um, like I had just seen the worst thing in the world. Uh, I was like hyperventilating because I was so afraid that somebody was going to hear my podcast and immediately start making fun of me, start to tear me up online, reach out to me and call me and tell me I'm, you know, I'm an idiot and I'm worthless. Um, and, and all of the, the trauma of 
consistently being rejected, being bullied, being picked on, like came all the way to a head and like even recording, I was fine. But as soon as I went to publish the, the moment I gave people the opportunity to reject me, I was horrified. Um, I got a horrible night's sleep that night and then I woke up sweating, drenched in sweat. And I looked over at my phone and there was no phone calls. There was no text messages. There's no Facebook messages. There's no Instagram messages saying you're an idiot. You're useless. You're worthless there. You know, everything that I had thought was going to happen. And from there on out, I just realized that one, nobody else is doing this. They're too afraid. They're, they're too afraid to get rejected. Right. But here I am the one that actually had to deal with rejection. Right. And, and I'm sure many people have, but consistently bullied and, and, terrified of this whole thing and i wake up and there's no messages there's no nobody and and i i even posted on facebook and i said like hey this is my first episode like would love to get feedback and then i signed into facebook and it was people like oh my god great episode like this is super cool i can't wait to follow along and like hear your journey and all this and it was so rewarding and and i think that that was really like the breakthrough that happened as far as allowing me to really become the person I want. And it gave me the confidence to uh, start the business and understand that I'm going to deal with rejection constantly. And, and, you know, if somebody does bully me just at this point in the, in the world, I'm, they're not my neighbor. I just hit block on the internet, right? They're, they're you can make a million accounts, right? How, you're eventually going to get tired. I can hit block on all of them. Um, I can block your number, right? It, there's, there's so many ways to just get rid of, that super negativity, but you know, the podcast ended up going swimmingly well, the pandemic happened. So it was a little more difficult to uh, record in person, which is how my show is, is built. But, you know, and with the business, I was terrified. I was terrified that people were going to make fun of me. Um, I was a volunteer fireman too. And one of our ways of showing affectionate love is shredding people's emotions apart. Um, and it builds you up, right? You're going to, it sounds crazy, but, uh, it's a, it's a brotherhood and you risk your life with these people. Um, and I was more afraid of them making fun of me and me having to deal with it with the podcast and the business. And a lot of people ended up doing the exact opposite. I thought I was, people were going to make fun of me, this, that, and the other thing. And of course there's, you know, they poke fun at you. Um, it's all in love. There's no, people aren't there to to tear you down but they will they will bust your chops over it um but the i took the leap of faith and i got way more people like hey man congratulations like you're doing this way younger you're starting way earlier right and you know people ask me why you know i'd, I'd rather fail when i'm 25 26 27 than when i'm 57 58 59 and i want to retire and i've take my life savings and dump it. I'd much rather learn 30 years earlier, 20 years earlier. Um, so that was kind of the thought process behind it. And once again, like that path of most resistance, starting a podcast isn't hard, but it's way harder than doing what you normally do every day. You have to go learn audio. You have to get a software. You have to get microphones. You have to find guests, which is a whole nother art in itself. So you do all of these things and at the end of it, 
you become a better person. You have something to show. You have, you did something. And then when somebody says, you know, oh, well, what did you learn on your podcast? Well, I have 130 episodes showing you what I learned, right? Like one of my, my accountant was on there. I spoke to him the other day. He goes, dude, he goes, we had a blast on the podcast. He's like, I'm just listening to it now, right? And if I never started that show, I wouldn't have had those memories created. I wouldn't have had these conversations captured. So it's it's the most bizarre and rewarding thing. And I just remember being brutally terrified uh, of starting the show and, and the business. And they all turned out great, right? It's the law of the law of averages right it eventually you're gonna hit success it's just a matter of time and how many times you can get no's and how many shows are gonna flop before you hit the big ticket and one of them cracks and now all of a sudden you're a much bigger fish in the pool right so what is the name of your podcast so the name of my podcast is the brutally honest podcast uh it's been a little while since i've done an episode I do plan on going back to it. I'll actually probably go back to it this year. Um, I, I will. I, I shouldn't say I will. I'm going to go back to it this year. Now that COVID's open and people are much more open to meeting again, it was. I don't love doing podcasts. I don't for my own show over Zoom um, because my shows are typically an hour and a half to three hours long. Uh, you have to be in person. There's only unless you already know the person. It's tough to do an, an, a Zoom call for you know, an hour and a half to, to three hours. So, um, but yeah, it's called the Brutally Honest Podcast. It's a great show. I had a lot of fun on it. Great. Well, if I ever go to North Carolina, I would love to be on your podcast. Hey, if you're ever in New York, I'll I'll make the trip up. I go up, I'm going up there in a couple weeks, so. Sounds great. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, you have a, you have a welcome invite. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Harrison, I really appreciate you sharing your story and especially you know men coming from the bullying and sharing that is much appreciated i have a lot of uh female guests i've met male guests as well but you know for sometimes you know both genders get bullied and you know some people are afraid to tell and Self-advocacy is very powerful. It's not like, you know, something that you did wrong, but there was not so much support. And in my case included, I was sexually abused. There was nobody that helped me. There was no DCF. There was no services available back sure. in Japan in the 80s and not, nobody talked about sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like our generation, like in the really... Um, has come along and then really in a way after the pandemic, especially it really um, affected us all. Then the mental health issues and stigma is getting removed. And then by doing this show, I really hope that our conversation. Has yeah. Look, even for me talking about it, it's difficult. You know, it's, I don't want to say memories that you suppress, but you're just, you're used to, not talking about them right in the real world most people don't care about them they want you in this moment right now and to perform your best and do what you're supposed to do but a lot of people struggle with a lot of different things right from bullying and maybe there's people out there that live exceptionally boring lives and they live and nothing crazy happens to them and 
God bless those people. But for the vast majority, they've had to deal with something, right? And it's, I don't want to say that nobody cares what you're dealing with, but everybody wants to root for you, for you to come out on the other side a better person. And when people understand that they might not know how to help and you need to help yourself more than anything, you know, you can't rely on other people. You have to go out there. You have to go. You have to go figure out what's going to work best for you. If that's seeing a therapist, if that is doing some hard stuff, if that is exercising, if that's the rejection test or whatever somebody else recommends on here, try it all. Figure out what's going to work for you. Don't don't take the easy way out. Don't, you know, oh, I go see my therapist. It doesn't work, right? Well, did you try everything else? Did you try going to the gym? Did you do CrossFit? Did you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and have somebody choke you out tonight, right? Like, what did you do that sucks that you can say, this is making me a better person and I know it's going to work, or at least I know it's going to help? Yeah, and one of the things I really love, two guests said that, take yourself to a date. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh! Like take yourself like out to dinner or something like that. Yeah. Oh, Bye. I, I, I love that. Movie, go, go to the movie, do like spa, like you no, know, to take yourself to a date. Yeah. Um, do what you like to do. Like, don't do what you think you have to do. Go do what you like to do. You'll be surprised how much joy you find. Like, I love being outside. I like sitting outside and. I sat outside for like two hours around a fire pit the other day by myself with my dog. And it was the greatest thing in the world. You know, I didn't have to go to the bar. I didn't have to go to the movies. I didn't have to do anything. I just go do something you like to do. And you'll be so surprised at how good it is for your, your mind, your body, your soul. And you'll figure things out. I like tiramisu. Whenever I'm down, if I eat tiramisu, I'm happy. You can feed me ramen, <laughs> Japanese ramen, and tiramisu, and I'm happy. That's a good combination. I will agree. <laughs> not so much of KFC. <laughs> I'm not a KFC eater either, but he's got a good story, so I, I, I do know it. Yes, absolutely. Well, Harrison, I truly appreciate you coming to A Gift from Adversity all the way from North Carolina, and I hope you enjoyed being on my show. Yeah, it was a great show. Thank you so much for having me. And, and like I said, when you're on Long Island, we'll get together. Absolutely. So, everybody, thank you so much again for tuning in to uh, my show, A Gift from Adversity. And then today was episode 31. Everyone, we have a great show coming up. So look forward to it. Thank you again. and Have a good night.